This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, another month. It's the month of May 2015. I'm Kurt. And I'm Mike. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this month we're going to be talking about a interesting sub- sub- subject. We're going to talk about, be talking about an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> English, not my first language. Um, we're going to be talking about an uh, interesting subject where we haven't touched upon it. And I thought it would be kind of a cool thing to talk about why do we game but before we before we start this whole thing if you're listening for the first time what is the mfg cast uh we like to talk about board games video games card games rpgs all kinds of cool stuff we like to talk about stuff through the years what we're now playing we usually like to do a review talk about some weird games and then some other fun and then we like in between the months we kind of like to squeeze in some interviews. So we got a lot of uh, interesting people to talk to in the near future. So stay tuned for that. A couple things before we get into this episode. If you want to help us out, there's a couple of ways you can do that. One way is you can go to our website. You can go to mfgcast.com. At the bottom of the webpage, there's a link for Amazon. You just click on that. Shop as normal. If you want to, if you got uh, some board gameage or some old classic uh, video games that you want to buy off of there, click on that link on the bottom of our website, shop as normal, and a few pennies come our way, and that'll help uh, keep us in business, and we thank you for that. Uh, also, we, another way you can do it is go to www.zazzle.com slash mfgcast. Uh, we got a retro crew t-shirt, a uh, bumper sticker that you can slap on your car, or your bike, or your tricycle, or your unicycle, or... Your mom's butt. I always like to say somebody's butt. Eventually, on every t- every time we talk about it, so do that. And again, a couple pennies go our way. keeps this the, keeps the lights on, and we really appreciate it. So yeah, let's get into now playing. This is Chet Manley for Tales of Cardboard, breaking the board game news, fake board game news, and real love for board games and board gamers. I'm live in Austin, Texas, where a man admits tricked-out version of cash and guns may be a bad idea. A still somewhat defiant local resident was forced to begrudgingly admit that tricking out his copy of the popular Potter game, Cash and Guns, was probably not the best idea he's ever had. Sources convert Friday that Josh Robinson's regular Thursday night game night started off predictably with a couple of quick filler games, while the group waited for everyone to arrive. But once they did, things went downhill fast. I've never seen anything like it, said one of the paramedics leaving the scene. Well, outside of a poorly written gangster movie, that is. It all seems to have begun a few days prior when Mr. Robinson was browsing the website Board Game Geek. I came across this one section where people were sharing pictures of their tricked out board games. You know, like replacing the red cubes and love letter with the cool harp shaped beads. That's where I got the idea. Apparently, Mr. Robinson had decided he would go with the same copy of his group's favorite party, Cash and Guns. He started by replacing the game's humorous fake 
handguns with real weapons he had purchased from a local gunsmith. After that, he emptied our savings account and converted all our cash into diamonds and collectible artwork, said his wife, Julie Robinson. I love the guy, but honestly, sometimes Josh doesn't think things through. Everything was going accordingly to plan until the first round of the game when several players accidentally shot each other during play. Fortunately, none of the injuries were serious. It really is unbelievable. Thank goodness none of them are any good at dexterity games, so they just ended up grazing each other. Neighbors watched from the street as two ambulances and three patrol cars arrived to sort out the scene. Bandages and antiseptic were administered. Police officers confiscated the guns, and Mr. Robinson was issued a court summons for discharging weapons in a residential area. Okay, maybe loading the guns was a bad idea, but I still think it added some realism to the experience. Mr. Robinson argued while the group set up a copy of One Night Ultimate Werewolf to finish out the night. Hold on, guys. Let me get the pitchforks and the rope from the garage. Neighbors reported hearing him say just before the ambulances circled back to his house. This is Chet Manley for the Tales of Cardboard. All right, now playing. I don't have a lot, so Mike, I'll let you talk for a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's see. This month, what have I played? Well, just last week, I finally finished up Far Cry 3. Nice. So, which has taken me a while. Is the ending cool? It it actually had a choice of an ending, so I'm not sure, depending. I don't know what the other ending ended up being, <laughs> but it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, maybe not as awesome as I would have thought. I okay. guess after playing through it for so long, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you play the other Far Cry games? No. I oh. played one of them, maybe the first one, on my computer a bit and just didn't get into it. Okay. Um, but I really liked it. It's it's cool to play one of those open world type of games and actually beat it. Yeah. You know? So that takes a while, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Well, yeah, and I did a lot of the extra stuff to get like the best weapons and everything, too, so... I put a lot of time into that game. Um, other than that, there was another flash sale on PlayStation Network. Nice. So I ended up getting NBA Jam on Fire. Oh, awesome. Combined, okay, we're going to play that sometime. <laughs> yep. I love that. Combined with uh, NFL Blitz or whatever. Oh, cool. But I haven't played that. I played it for like one quarter yeah. and gave up on it. <laughs> but NBA Jam, I've been playing a lot of. Yeah, I've been NBA trying to Jam's unlock awesome. the the legends and all that type of stuff. Very and cool. Right now, I'm trying to get up enough points to buy the Seattle Supersonics. Sweet old school, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Detlef Shrimp and uh, Sean Kemp, or is it, it... must? Be, I, I'm sure it's uh, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, Gary Payton at least. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But I would think because Detlef was on there in the original, yeah. I think. I don't remember who else would have been on there. but Yeah, not, <laughs> nobody that comes to mind, at least. Yeah, it's cool. There's a lot of different teams to unlock on there. I've actually... The cheap teams to unlock are, like, the overseas teams, like, oh, there's some Spain team and, like... Oh, okay. Argentina, and some of the, some of the players on those teams are, like, American players who didn't do very well over here. So it's kind of cool to see <laughs> they even put them in. And then there's nice. like other teams to unlock that I haven't gotten to. There's like a Beastie Boys team. Weird. And yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. It's fun to. I love having unlocks and games for me to 
on. Oh, so. yeah. Well, especially when they're cool people to unlock. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's some that aren't cool because there's <laughs> there are two different teams, and one is the Republican team, and one is the Democrat team. So oh, you can get like God. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama <laughs> on one team. That's weird. And uh, George Bush and I don't even know who else on the other team. That's so weird. Yeah, but uh, so that's interesting. Um, other than that, with the flash sale, uh, I also picked up Bioshock, which I haven't invested pretty much any time into infinite or the first one the first one the first i already have infinite i like infinite i've played that for quite a while but i just put it down and never went back to it yeah and bioshock so far is very different because it's a lot more horror yeah plus it's hard like bioshock is pretty hard the first one yep yeah so far i'm just like i don't know i haven't invested a lot of time so (laughs) i also picked up Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, which oh, I'm liking. That's a great game. Yeah. Hot Pursuit. Wow. For like under five bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, that's know? an old game. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I haven't played a lot of it, but I played enough of it as the cop and as the the, the, the lawbreaker. Yeah. Fun. I'm liking it. So. Very cool. Played more Disney Infinity 2.0, which is also fun. The Avengers stuff. Maybe I didn't even have that last month. I don't know. I don't um, think so. I don't think you talked about it. Okay. Well, I have it now. <laughs> Got it from Sam's for cheap. Yep. So, um, and then as far as my apps, I've been playing WWE Supercard and Little Alchemist, um, and also now Marvel Future Fight, which I'm enjoying. Um, Kurt played a tiny bit of it and <laughs> hasn't played anymore. So, um, and then I'm also kind of playing avengers alliance on facebook but i'm kind of getting sick of it again yeah i'm just kind of going in every day to get my daily stuff it it's maddening because the event before this one was hard now this last event it's you're trying to get the hulkbuster armor yeah and it's like near impossible people are really complaining about it's so hard to beat ultron with all the stuff that he's with, so it's just kind of pissing me off to where I'm just like, all right, I'm not yeah, dealing yeah. with this anymore. Yeah. So I suppose they, part of it is they, you know, a lot of people that play it probably have played it for a long time, so they're probably powered pretty well, so they have to kind of make them pretty hard. But at the same, at the same token, it's like, you know, after a while, people are going to get sick of it if you just make it that hard. It's like, well, you got to you got to give a little bit, otherwise, people will just be like, whatever, mm-hmm. I got. 15 other games that I could play. It just kind of feels like they're really trying to make you spend money on the game. Mm-hmm. Which, I'm, you know, that's their ultimate goal is to make money, but if you're going to make it so hard that I can't play it without spending money, I don't care. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can understand why some of these apps and stuff like that need the money and stuff like that, but when it comes to, like, a game like that, like, that game, it's like, it seems like they've already made well enough money to you know feed the cost but you know again i don't work in that area so i don't really know the cost and what they're spending and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. still i don't know i don't know either but that's just yeah probably keep updating it until i start forgetting about it and then whatever so yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's about it for me i think okay I, yeah, like Mike said, I um, just kind of played dabble a little bit in that Marvel Marvel Future Flight for Android. It's actually pretty cool because it reminds me of like X Men Legends and like mm-hmm. uh, those other games where it's you know like the 
it's kind of button mashy, but it's all also got like some cool powers and stuff like that. Mike had made a cool comment that you could actually like let your guys fight and they will level up for you. You don't even yeah. have to do anything sometimes. Yeah. Once you go through a level, they if you three star the level, you can just send your guys back through it and they will just go through it and fight everything. You can just set your phone down somewhere and let them go through it <laughs> yeah and you don't have to deal with it and just keep letting them level up that way so yeah, yeah. i like that about it yeah that's that's pretty cool mm-hmm. so i uh, i haven't played it as much it's weird because i i like app games but i just i don't play them as much as as i first did you know i don't know what it is i don't know if maybe it's just not keeping my attention enough or anything like that but i'd like to play this this future fight again because it's it's Again, it reminds me of those old games, and it's 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 still pretty fun. Yeah, and you know, it seems like the um, the uh, graphics on it are, are pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. for you know a little Android phone or a little Android uh, app or whatever. What am I playing right now? Um, I'm actually playing a little bit of uh, Disney Infinity 2.0, the Marvel stuff, because uh, Logan got that for his fifth birthday, which is pretty actually pretty cool. It's got the toy box where you can basically build your own worlds and stuff like that, and it's cool because. I played a little bit of the app, the Disney app on the iPad, and they didn't really, it doesn't give you anything. You have to kind of earn stuff, and you have to buy stuff, and then you, then you start building, and I'm like, that's just kind of stupid. I'd, it'd be kind of nice to have, you know, some templates and stuff like that, and this is what this game does. It like will have, like, a city or underground, or, like, you can have flat lands, and then you can, you know, make stuff, but you also have to like play the story and defeat bad guys and like you can even like um if you're doing your toy box you can actually spawn guys and fight them and get some more coins and stuff like that to level up your guys mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i think it's cool i i can't i don't know that i can't remember the company that makes that stuff but man you know with between that and skylanders and those amoebas or whatever uh, amiibos man they're really making a fucking killing on that stuff yeah they're all a bunch of different companies i can't remember what else i saw there's some other game that's coming that's going to have the same type of stuff it's just oh, really? nuts that yeah just keep doing more and more yeah. of this yeah it's just crazy because you think about it it's like well it's legos oh nice lego thing. oh yeah the lego game yeah that's right yeah and they're gonna yeah they're gonna make a killing on that too because they'll have a bunch of old legos and stuff like that everyone's gonna want you know mm-hmm. and off the popularity of the movie you know it's just ridiculous but it's like you know for this marvel one you've got the figures you've got the little upgrade tokens for your guys you can put them underneath mm-hmm. your guys and then it upgrades them You've got the certain levels, like, you know, the game comes with the Avengers Tower, but it also comes with, like, one of the one of the Asgardian baddies or something like that. I can't remember exactly who it is or whatever, but it's like, man, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you pay, like, five bucks for a disc, and you pay $13 for one guy, and it's just like, holy shit. Yep. I can't even imagine how much money they're making, you know? And it's kind of neat and in an aspect and you know like i know mike would agree with me you, know, you get these figurines and, like they're awesome so, you know so mm-hmm. the collector part of you is like oh well of course i want to get all these marvel guys because they're cool you know and now they're going to be coming out with the disney infinity star wars and i'm yeah. like well of course i'm going to want to play that because that'll be awesome you know yeah i'm excited to have like my basement room we have a bigger house and just have like in my game room a shelf you know, a shelf shelving type of system, and just have them all lined up next yep. to each other because they're cool just to look at. Oh yeah, know? yeah. They they figured out that not only is it a cool, you know, concept 
where you can get all the guys you can play them and stuff like that. But they also make them like that where it it looks like a collectible. It doesn't mm-hmm. just look like a, a shitty toy that you got from the dollar store or something like that. Yeah. You know. So man, they really got it. Yeah, I just want to throw one thing out with that game too that I didn't really think about, but since you're talking about it, because mm-hmm. you never played the original Disney Infinity, I did not. What I really like about 2.0 is that each character that you have and using the old characters from the 1.0, I yeah. guess, they all have a skill tree now. They oh. didn't in the original. And you yeah. can build up their stat, you know, not their stats, but their different abilities and they each get different powers and mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, It just kind of adds to having all the characters you yep. know you want to have all these different cool abilities so, yeah it's not yeah. it's not just hey i'm taking this player it has five or six set abilities and you go you can also upgrade every little thing you know yeah. like we did you know we did that with iron man it's like he's got a cool like smash on the pound on the ground and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, you know yeah the upgrading is way cool oh another thing that i found with it too was um I had a, the boss battle against Loki. That was the first boss battle that I had. Oh, gotcha. And it's neat because normally when you're running around the city, if you get killed, you just spawn right back. Yeah. But when you're in a boss battle, it tells you that you can switch out to a different character. Oh. But that the character that you have doesn't respawn in your inventory or whatever for a certain amount of time. Really? So, yeah. So, like, you, it comes with, it was Black Widow, Iron Man, and Thor, right? Yep. So you can switch between those three, but if all three of them end up getting killed, then you're done in the fight. Wow. Yeah. Unless you've got more guys. Like, if yeah. you had Captain America and Hulk and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So it's Another way to get you. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But, of course, you know, you'll do better once you get your guys built up more, too. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. 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 Kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. they Not only is it a money suck, but they also are doing it right, which is cool, because... Mm-hmm. If you don't do it right, then this stuff automatically loses value, and then it's it's shit, and nobody plays it anymore. Yeah. You know. So speaking of shit, um, <laughs> back in the day when we used to, or when we reviewed games, we uh, Rick had Lords of Waterdeep, and me and uh, Mike were pretty lukewarm on it. We didn't really think it was super that that great of a game. But um, my wife had actually played it uh, with her gaming group at work. And uh, they pl- they played not only played it with that, but they also played with the Scoundrels of Skullport expansion, and she loved it. So um, she got a little bit of uh, a little bit of money from work as a bonus, and she's like, "I really want to order Lords of Waterdeep in the expansion." And I'm like, "Well, this is the first time she's ever ordered anything for herself, you know." And so it makes me proud. It's like, "Oh, <laughs> yay! She wants to order games too," you know. So I told her, yeah. She's like, will you play with me? I'm like, shit, yeah, I'll play with you. I don't care if it's, you know, I don't care if it's atmosphere. I'll play it with you if you really want to play it. But playing Lords of Waterdeep with that expansion is really fun. But the expansion, the Scoundrels of Skullport, not only includes that expansion, but it also has uh, one called, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called Mountainside. And the Mountainside expansion is not super duper great. It just adds three more elements to it, which is okay for, you know, getting more um, guys to help you and stuff like that. But the Scoundrels of Skullport is pretty awesome because it introduces the negative points, which is, what did I say it was? Corruption. Corruption, yeah. As the corruption, which gives you negative points. And you've got, uh, each corruption has a negative amount, uh, an amount assigned to it. So in the first, it goes from negative one to negative nine. So in the first one, the negative one, it only has one corruption and then the rest it has three per per number two through nine 
and depending upon how many corruption is left, whatever is empty. So if if you get to negative eight, or if you get through all the negative eights and you still have a couple in the negative nine, well, basically, if you are at the end of the game, for each empty space, it's how many negatives you get for each corruption. So if it's if if it goes up to negative eight, which is empty, then it's negative eight for each corruption that you have. If you get to nine, it's negative nine for each corruption you have, and depending upon whatever number. So. It's a cool element. I think it, it adds a lot more strategy to the game because when you're actually using uh, using that the Skullport expansion, um, the spots on it, you get one corruption for every time you go on one of those spots, but also it gives you a bigger reward. So, so one of them is like you get... Now I, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the names of the fighters or whatever that you're using that those cubes represent, but it's like you get like... One of them's like two black and two orange in a corruption. One of them is you can pick one of any color, or you can pick a orange and a yeah, uh, an orange and a black. One of them is you can get a quest card, an intrigue card, five gold, and 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 something else. It's like four of them in a corruption, and that like it really brings you know a lot of decisions to the table. You know, it's like I told I told Tracy I said, "Wow, it really shows me how corrupted I am when I when I play this game because I like." Every time I went to that, I was like, going to it, going to it, you know. The first time we played it, I actually got one of uh, one of the characters, which is like, um, what is it? For every for every corruption you have, you get like five points or something like that. Or for every, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was huge. So I just, like, I would sneak some corruptions, you know, and be like, oh, well, I, this is the first time I'm playing, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, la, la, la. And finally, Tracy's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> then I just keep taking corruption, taking corruption. And finally, she's like, you have something, don't you? And I'm like, duh, you know. <laughs> so finally, when we got to the end, I beat her like 300 and something to like 100 and something because of that mm-hmm. guy. If it wasn't for that guy, it probably would not have been that, you know. And and she's like, that's no fair. She's like, you had that guy that just was super overpowered. And I was like, if you would have known from the out, from the onset that, that that's where I was going, you could have found a way to stop me, you know. Because I, I guarantee you there's not just a thing where you're like, I'm going to take all the corruption and then... And then you, you know, then you lose because you have this corruption. Mm-hmm. There's different, you know, buildings and stuff like that that actually will give you corruption if, or let you get rid of corruption from the game if you put your guy on it, if you get that building. So, so yeah. And well, and especially it helps the two times that I played it with her that I beat her. So that, you know, that always makes, yeah. that always makes the <laughs> rating go up. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was really fun to play it. So I really liked it. And uh, lastly, um, I played Bane with my wife. Played what? Bane. Oh, Bane. Well, you know, Mike, if you listen to the podcast, you would know that I interviewed Matthew Rogers from Gamesicle Games. But I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Which you don't. <laughs> so I'll have to play that with Mike. Um, it's a really fun game. It's basically Hunter versus Prey. Um, you basically get six rounds to get to your mastery, and basically what it is is it's uh, post-apocalyptic. Uh, the, the only three species that live are humans, werewolves, and vampires. And depending upon who you are, you hunt. So this that's the name of the game is you want to hunt different other species. So it's uh, werewolf is hunting man, man is hunting vampires, vampires are hunting werewolves. So basically what you have, you have a speed from 1 to 8. 1 is the fastest, 8 is the slowest, and you want to, you basically want to, you know, have your fastest card against that prey. 
and then it just has a fun strategy to it. I really, I really d- dug it. Um, the two-player game, I think there could be a more a better, a better um, use of the special powers because there's some special powers that come into play. So when you play a two-player, you actually introduce like a fake player, which they call Heinrich, and then you kind of play his cards and in, in, in contrast with yours. But you don't. I feel like you don't use the special powers as much because of him being in it. But I think if you played three or more players, it would add some a, a level of, uh, of strategy to it, which would make it fun. So I enjoyed it. Um, um, we're gonna have a. I'm gonna have a review up on uh, hopefully on Board Game Geek here pretty soon. Um, for some reason, uh, Game School's having trouble putting that on BGG for some reason. So if you don't see it, if we don't get to have a chance to put it on BGG, I'll, I'll just put it up on the website and you guys can check that out. But otherwise, um, go to Kickstarter, check them out. The game's only 28 bucks. It's really, it's really fun. It's going to be a good amount of money for a good game. Um, also, if you go to the $55, you'll get that custom uh, roll-up play mat that we talked about on the, on the interview. So... Go ahead and give it a shot because you don't want to miss out. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. So let's get into the subject of why do we game. Hey, honey, um, I was thinking, you know, I know it's getting a little late here and it's about like 9-ish or whatever, but uh, I thought maybe we could play one more game before we go to bed. What do you think? Oh, sure. Okay, so I was thinking about maybe bring... I know it's getting a little late, but I, I, I have this new game I really want to try. It's uh, the Game of Thrones game. I thought maybe we could, you know, try it out and see what you think. A fantasy flight game? Um, yeah, but it shouldn't take that long. I mean, it's just it, it should. I mean, I've I've seen people play it before. A fantasy flight game? We have to punch out all of those pieces. We have to reading the instructions for hours and hours, and then let alone we have to play the game. Still, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but, 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 but... No. No. This is ridiculous. But hey, come back. Come on. No. I can't believe you want to play this game. This is ridiculous. I don't want to play this game. This is fucking stupid. Why the hell couldn't you pick something else? Fuck this game and fuck you. Hulk smash! the subject at hand. Why do we game? Well, I think it's something where through the years I think it's actually like it's morphed into something, you know, because when you're a kid, it's way different from when when you know when now because mm-hmm. you're older, you got more responsibilities, you've got you know, you've either got you know, your work or you've got a girlfriend or boyfriend, or you've got a wife or a husband, or you've got kids, or you've got grandkids, you know, in some people's case. So, you know, everything kind of kind of morphs as you grow older. So what, you know, what was, when you were growing up, Mike, what, why did you game? Was it just something that, you know, or it was introduced by your parents? Was it something that you just, you did it with your friends and you kind of got hooked on it? How did you, how did, how did that kind of start? For you, well, as far as for board game games, we always like growing up. 
with my mom, my mom would always have, we'd have game night at least once a week where we'd just play board games, awesome. you know? So you had one night specifically for board games. Yeah, I don't know if it was a certain night of the week, but we would at least take one night a week and play, you know, that's what we did. Yeah, cool. Um, and we did that for years and years and years. I mean, even going to my mom's house now sometimes, we'll just get out board games. That's cool. Or like... We would go to my grandma's house on Sundays, um, and we would get out board games there and play. Really? Yeah. So, so your grandma a board game too? Yeah, she'd play. Nice. Yeah, your grandma's awesome. We play like <laughs> we play like Yahtzee or there's a game that she she bought at like Ben Franklin in her town one time when I was along. Nice. Um, it was called like Gazillionaire or something. Okay. And it was, it, that sounds familiar. Is that a Mill Bradley game or something I like that? I think so. Yeah, it sounds really But it wasn't like game. a board. It was like in a smaller box. Um, and I don't even remember the concept of it anymore at this point, which is funny because we played it so many times. Yeah. But we would play that or we would just play like cards, you know, like just different trick-taking games and stuff like that. So, yeah. And as far as video games, like I've pretty much always been around video games even at like the daycare that i went to they had an atari that they would get out every once in a while wow and we would play atari if you know special occasions for some reason you know they'd just be like oh you kids are being really good you know so i'd play like i don't even remember defender i remember for sure playing missile command yeah (laughs) but like the only one that i really remember okay i know i remember defender and asteroids they are yeah Oh, and uh, Pitfall. Pitfall, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I had video games from really, really early because then we had that um, Texas Instruments like keyboard computer that I told I've told you about before that we hooked up to our TV, which was around the time of that. You know, Commodore and all those they all were around that same time, and then. Moved on to Sega Genesis and, you know, up and up and up through, yeah, the, there. through the games. Yeah. Um, got a computer in, like, fifth grade with VGA graphics, nice. you know, so started playing computer games at that point and haven't stopped. And then, nice. like, you know, just through the years of, of... The thing is, is, like, we played Monopoly and stuff like that, you know, yeah. the normal games, but... It was really nice because my mom would try and get games that weren't so mainstream either, you know? That's cool. Sometimes, like, learning type of games, too. But, like, you know, trivia games and stuff like that. But just, like, we've played some of the games that I had as a kid, you know? We talked about them the one time. Like, I had that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game (laughs) and different things like that that weren't... They're not monopoly teenage mutant ninja turtles it was its own little game you know a lot of different things and so it was nice to always have a lot of variety of games and that's kind of where we got to as adults once we started having our game nights because i don't think any of us had much for game games like games by james type games yeah when we started out we had some role-playing game books yeah i know that for sure but i don't even remember what i would have had when we started out doing that. Yeah. I think I had hero clicks. That's what I brought to the table. Yeah. And then it's like we just kind of exploded. It's just like whenever I'd get a bonus from work, I would spend it on a bunch of games so we had more to play. You know, yeah. we would always, like, when we had extra money, get more games so that we had more stuff to play and talk about. So Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, yeah, my uh, my family introduced me to games at an early age too. You know, and most of it was the classics that we talk about, like your Monopolies and your Saris and your like um, even like the old school games that were big back then, like the Pachisis, which is basically oh, yeah. Sorry, you know, um, Chinese checkers. Um, my dad tried to introduce me to chess, which I still don't understand completely, but I will play it. You know, yeah. I, I know how to play it. I'm not good at it. Same here. I will still play it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Logan actually wanted to try to learn it once. I was like, man, if you can learn it at five years old, then I would just say go for it, you know, mm-hmm. but I can't even teach him enough to, for him to have a good strategy. I'd have to have my dad my dad do it. Um, but um, uh, we never had, you know, like the game night, but we always had, seemed like a lot of game nights. You know, it was mm-hmm. like one of those things where it's like, um, not only, you know, my family is not the super athletic type, but we'd like to get outside a lot. So we'd like to, you know, be outside doing stuff, you know, whether it be just, you know, riding bikes or, you know, hanging out or, you know, my, my parents put me into some sports when I was a kid and stuff like that. And, um, but they always like to have fun like that. And, uh, I think it kind of, you know, began with, with my dad's parents and kind of in a way my mom's parents too my dad's parents would have these um old classics but they also had some games that you know maybe weren't the mainstream either like that uh, uncle wiggly that i you know i talked about before mm-hmm. that's kind of a classic game but it's also kind of kind of kind of different you know kind of it's on on its own it's you know it's you know it's not too complex but it's you know not one of those that you that people usually grab after like the monopolies and stuff like that but um, but yeah, they, they I remember they had that in their basement, and we'd play that, and that just for some reason that just caught my imagination. So the fact that I actually found it nowadays, you know, it makes me remember about when I was a kid playing games and stuff like that. But um, they'd always try to bring something new to the table, like they play, you know, they play like, you know, some different card and dice games that were like the you know like the Hoyle brand stuff, but. You'd also have, like, you know, like, my parents were, like, part Polish and Bohemian and stuff like that. So they bring some of these weird, you know, dice and card games mm-hmm. to the table where you'd be like, I've never even heard of this, you know, and some I can't even tell you what they are. But but then we play, you know, play, like, Life and then, you know, some other games that would just be, um, like, a, you know, a regular 80s family night kind of thing, or like Pit, you know, which to me... It was Pit is still fun, but it, the concept of it just makes me laugh because it's about the stock market, basically, you know? So, and that's something that I think in a concept, you know, of, you know, of trying to be a fun, simple game, like, it's it's still weird how it kind of can still conveys what the stock market is all about, you know? So, that's weird, you know? But, and then on my mom's side of the family, they'd always play, like, like, traditional card games like hearts and clubs and stuff like that and my my mom's side of the family is big into whatever game you can play money is involved so it's like you know it's like if you know if we play hearts it's like you know it's like a or if we play yeah if we play hearts if you get the queen of spades it's like um that's like a dollar and then or that's like a quarter and then if you if you uh lose the game then that's a dollar and then you know you put it all on and whoever wins gets that money you know and like if they played horse outside shooting hoops, then someone's got to put a dollar in. And we all, you know, mm-hmm. so it was just like it was more of like a betting kind of, you know, seeing who could 
you know, be the cock of the walk, basically. But um, but it seemed like, you know, from both of their um, families came this aspect of, hey, let's, you know, let's, you know, have some fun with our kids and let's have a good family night and see where we can go from there, you know. And, uh, you know, I was kind of used to that same thing where it was like, okay, well, we only had the, you know, the, the games that we were used to and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I was always open to, you know, something new, you know. So then when, you know, you know, me, you, and Rick just really started to kind of hardcore game it and stuff like that, you know, it was like, you know, well, let's see what else we can try, you know, and mm-hmm. then just to, you know, hear of all these other, this other world, basically, of all these, you know, Euro games and Ameritrash games and, you know, all these other games that you can think of, you know, it's cool to, to have that experience and I still think that we're like I don't know I'm just speaking for myself but I think we're still fairly new to like a lot of other games that we still have not played you mm-hmm. know like we still haven't played uh what's the train one like why am I Ticket to Ride Ticket to Ride I've played the computer version of yeah. that but we yep. haven't played but that we haven't played life. the board game or like Carcassonne yeah like Carcassonne yep 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 I haven't played that yet you know it's it's funny all these things that are considered in the board game community as they're classics, and we still haven't even gotten yeah, to those we yet. Don't have a clue. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's still it's still like for us, or you know, for us in our board gaming, I think we're still in our infancy, which is awesome. Because not only does it give us more to experience in board gaming, but also gives us more experience in the po- doing the podcast. Because then it's like, holy shit, we still got all these things that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think games that are. are in an amazing boom right now, so of course it's just going to keep going and going and going. So, um, as far as video games, I'm in the same boat with you. As far as you know, I I don't. It's hard to remember a time where I wasn't playing video games. Mm-hmm. You know, which is which is kind of neat. You know, you know, back around when we were born. You know, you know, Atari was big. You know. Um, you know, Pong was still pretty huge at the time. Well, know? even saying that, I mean, not even home systems. We had arcades at the time. I can yeah. remember going to the laundromat and playing, like, <sighs> Miss Pac-Man, mm-hmm. you know, because they had that machine. So while my mom's waiting for laundry to go, I'm playing Miss Pac-Man, you know, or yeah. you go to the arcades. We had a couple in town here. Yeah. I don't know what you had where you were, but it was just cool, you know. You'd go with friends or, like, they don't even have this really anymore. I guess, well, there's Action City. Action you know, City Claire, that we have. That they, but it's, it's different. Yeah, it's not as good as the arcades that we used to have, like Aladdin's yeah. Castle and so Right, Aladdin's Castle. Like I remember like the coolest birthday party that I ever went to because they shut it down. It was like after, it was a Sunday. So, you know, normally the mall closes down at like 6 on Sunday. They closed it down. We just had it all to ourselves, so the guy just came around and just, like, opened up the machines and was clicking through to add tokens to the machines, Whoa. whatever you want to play. So yeah. everybody was like, let's beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know? And then, <laughs> like, Golden Axe, we were playing through the whole oh thing, you know? It's yeah. just, like, it was the coolest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it, you know, you hear places that are in, like, big cities and stuff like that, and maybe some small towns that have people that are really nostalgic that have awesome arcades, but man, it would be nice to have something like that again, you know, because mm-hmm. you've got like, you know, like we used, we used to pop a shitload of quarters in like Street Fighter and um, Gauntlet, God, Gauntlet yeah, was Gauntlet. so much fun, you know, and 
uh, all the Wrestle WrestleMania mm-hmm. games and stuff like that, and you know you're like your uh, your your uh, top sided flight games, and you're uh, even like getting to your new stuff like your like your gun like your sweet gun games with awesome Area Fifty One action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like uh, Terminator Two yeah. and uh, well, yeah, that's the thing is like we had where I lived like two blocks away was Chuck E. Cheese. So, you nice. know, just walk over there and they used to have, it was an arcade. Yeah. Where now, if you go to a Chuck E. Cheese, it's kind of just all those, like, let's get ticket games. Yeah. You know, there's not much for so video annoying. game, video yep. games. We went to a place where it was like a, uh, almost like an indoor resort with a pool and stuff like that for when it's winter time, mm-hmm. usually, you know. And people would do it in the summer also, but... Um, and then they had the arcade, and we're like, awesome, arcade! Yep. But it's all, again, it's all like, oh, here's, you need 50,000 tickets to get a SpongeBob Frisbee. <laughs> yep. Great, no one fucking cares, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I went to, let's, where I went was Kalahari and the Dells. Okay. I was going to say that, I don't <laughs> care. The same thing, you know, I went down to the arcade because Malia was off getting, um, like, spa treatment stuff and like what am i gonna do well i go to the arcade and it's just like okay well there's not really much for video games to play i was just playing like you know shoot some hoops and getting all these tickets i'm just like okay what the hell am i gonna do with all these tickets yeah because i look at everything that's over there it's like oh this is garbage so i was just walking out of there i'm like hey why don't you give your kids these tickets you know i don't want it maybe they'll want some candy out of the front of the thing yes that's about all I can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and most of those tickets are just ridiculous. It's like, I, I remember even going to Action City, it's like, oh, if you get, uh, like, 30,000 tickets, you can get an Xbox 360. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. I would have to be working on that for the rest of my life. Right. So. Yep, by the time you actually win that, the Xbox 360 probably won't have any games being made for it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, so, like, the yeah, the whole arcade thing, and uh, my parents were always really really nice about trying to help me out to get the systems that, you know, I wanted to get. Like, we had an Atari, I got a Nintendo, got a Super Nintendo, um, and then I actually finally, you know, I got old enough, I saved up, I bought a PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and then, mm-hmm. you know, coming up to now, you know. Um, and then, uh, as far as RPGs, um, that took that took me late in the game, because, you know, when I, I moved around a lot, I just, you know... Um, I've only been here in in Wisconsin for only since '93. I mean, it, it it's a long time, believe me, but it's still not that long compared to how long I've lived. But um, you know, RPGs just weren't really a thing where you know where I lived in different spots because I traveled travel on because my dad was in the Marines. But I didn't have any friends that really liked that kind of stuff. So then finally in high school, you know. Uh, Rick and Retro Chain, you know, kind of introduced me to that whole thing, you know, so, we were, you know, I started doing that and, of course, got introduced to Dungeons Dragons 2nd um, Edition and got hooked on it and stuff like that. And they had different other things like uh, uh, some of the White Wolf stuff and um, Shadowrun and, you know, and then that, you know, that just got, it. that, uh, again, that's kind of, for me, that's kind of in my infancy. I'm kind of in the infancy area of that, too, because I haven't really, you know, explored all these areas. And, again, with the podcast, it's cool to be like, okay, well, here's something we can live play to, you know, see if we like it or not. And if we if we like it, we can continue with it and stuff like that. And Yeah. I mean, that's even more so for me. I didn't start doing RPGs until 
we started doing our game nights. Mm-hmm. I'd nice. never done. I had books. Yeah. Just because it's cool. Like, I collected the old Star Wars books because I liked all the character stuff in it, you know, and all that. Or the old Marvel books. And I have, like, the 80s version of the Marvel RPG and the 80s, late 80s, early 90s DC one, you know, just because it has the characters and all their stats and all their powers. Yeah. That's why I wanted it. Yeah. I was like, I'm never going to play this, probably, because, yeah. you know, I didn't have any friends that would play that. Yeah. So, but... I always wanted to, and then we finally got into it, and it was—it's been very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool to get some of the, get get into back into some of those old RPGs too, just to do something for you know something different, you know. Mm-hmm. So then, as we get older, you know, things kind of change and stuff like that. So now, you know, it gets to a point now where it's you know, Mike's married, and I'm married, and I have a kid, and you know, things get a little. A little different. You have to plan out a lot more, and you have to make a day of it. <laughs> Getting in our old age, you have to almost train for it because it's like, okay, well, I've obviously got to get some sleep before Saturday because we're going to be all all day gaming or all day role playing, you know. And then when we're actually gaming, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I better drink a lot of water, you know. And don't you know for the for the guys that do drink, unlike Mike, you know, it's like, okay, if I'm going to drink drink beer or alcohol. Only do a little bit, well, unless you're Shane or somebody else. But uh, you know, and you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because it's like you know, it's almost it's almost like you're a, like a training for a sport or something like that. You know, because seriously, if you do not take care of yourself on a law uh, on a day long gaming session, you could really get sick. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we have to plan like you know, okay, or will our wives let us play? You know, yeah. and, and for me, I have to you know, most of the time, either I. I'll have Tracy watch him, or, you know, if she's not feeling good, I'll have my parents watch him or something like that, you know, so that he's not inter- interrupting us, which is not a big deal, but, you know, but if we're recording, of course, it's going to be something where it gets in the way. Um, and then we, you know, we have a game night, which is Tuesday night, you know, and then that's usually when we record. We're recording on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes we try to get, you know, something going on a Friday or a Saturday, but it all depends, you know. We've we've got lives, we've got stuff we want to do, you know. We've got we we'll get sick, you know, and it doesn't always work out that way, so we always got to plan it, you know. So when we're recording this podcast, we usually try to get, you know, a month going. So then if you, you know, if we ha- only have 4 weeks, you know, basically we're we're wasting one of those days to record, so we only have 3 weeks to do it. So if we miss one of those weeks, we only have a couple of weeks to, you know, really look at a game or really just, you know, talk about a topic, you know. Luckily, we've been pretty good. We're really good at bullshitting. So, of course, you know, when it comes to this, you know, talking about this stuff, it's pretty easy because we're just talking to each other, you know. But you have to really be careful, especially when you're, you know, if you're reviewing something that you really like and you want other people to know or if you're reviewing something that's, you know, maybe we've got, you know, we're reviewing couple of these games for people that are just starting off and doing kickstarters and stuff like that you have to really put your you know put your a game on it so um so do you think do you think that like i've been thinking about this because gaming for us is it seems like it's pretty much a every week kind of thing you know it's like Mm-hmm. You know, if we're not playing a board game, if we're not even by each other, we're always playing a board game with somebody or video gaming it up or something like that. If, like, just I don't know, I don't know how would the, how this would happen, but like, say you lost your sight today, 
and you couldn't like board game or video game anymore? Would you be a would you be a pathetic person? Would you just be like depressed all the time? Would you accept it? You know, would you? Would it be something where like you'd find a way? Because you know, I heard that somebody is making board games where they're trying to make it for the blind, so they've got ways that the blind can actually play board games and stuff like that. Would you care? There, well, there are. When you said that, I was thinking, well, you could probably play, like, RPGs. You wouldn't be able to see your sheet, but, like, you could probably roll, like, on a phone. There's probably some kind of app that might tell you your number, what you roll, or something like that. Yeah. Different stuff like that. And you're all, you're imagining it in your head anyway, so if yeah. you can't see, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it would just be a matter of not being able to see your stat sheet, which, I guess, if you're blind, you try and learn braille yeah i don't know yeah yeah but uh i don't know i i i don't know how that works yeah obviously you can't really play video games and that would really suck yeah (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) no comment yeah um yeah i think it would i think it would suck i mean it's weird because you know when when I'm thinking about, you know, what we do for leisure and stuff like that, you know, um, the the only other things I do for leisure that aren't gaming are stuff with my family, you know, and it's not like we're doing a ton of stuff all the time, you know. We've like, of course, we've got work. He, Logan's got school, you know. You know, I have to try to you know keep Logan busy, you know, most of the time because, um, um, you know, Tracy can't do it all the time. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where, like, it's just, like, it gets exhausting, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, like, you know, when you have to, you know, when you have to take care of your wife who has a disease and you've got to take care of your kid who has a, you know, technically a disease, you know, it, it's it's weird because it's, like, what do I do for, you know, excitement? You know, not not saying that hanging out with them isn't awesome, you know? They're, they're great and I'm blessed, you know? You still need your own, but you still time. need your own yes. thing. Yep. And I, I've talked to a. There's a lady at work that I talk to. And we talk about everything from, you know, from Log, from my son Logan, and you know how wonderful everything is and stuff like that. And she's like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, Do you have something you can do? And I said, Yes, I have game night. You know, mm-hmm. game night is the, the the one night where I, you know, for the most part, you know, getting in my old age, I feel like I've got like a million things running out of my head at the same time, even when I'm gaming. But gaming does give me that chance to, you know, just kind of put everything else aside and be like, okay, let's concentrate on this and let's, you know, have some fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had even been noticing the last, the last like, I don't know, month, month and a half, I was like, I'm really, you know, it's really hard sometimes for me to enjoy a game now. And I'm like, that must be something to do with I just need to just relax, you know? I've got too many other things that are like, okay, let's, you know, let's not think about that. Let's think about what we're, you know, having fun, you know? And I, and I you know, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Mike, but I, I, I almost at a point felt bad because I was like, I hope Mike's not noticing. I didn't notice anything. <laughs> okay, good, <so>. good, good. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, it's like if I'm not enjoying playing games, like, what the hell is wrong? You know? I just know you don't like playing Magic anymore. That's <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I would play Magic. We just have I know. But you, I know at one point you were like, oh, I don't know if I really want to play it I know. as much as what we used to. I know so. it sucks, but I guarantee yeah. you as soon as, like, if we brought out decks again, I'd be fine with yeah. it, you know. Because it's funny because the other day we were at Target 
and uh, Tracy had this coupon for like 20, 20 bucks off a uh, not twenty bucks off twenty percent off a dual deck. I'm like, hmm. oh, that's cool. But of course, this is the dual deck I had already. Nice, <laughs> like awesome. Well, yeah. I guess I guess I won't be getting that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't mind be my I wouldn't mind playing again. I was talking with my brother in law Ryan about it because he still plays competitively hardcore. And I was just telling Mike before we started that he bought a uh, pack of Modern Masters and found a, almost two hundred uh, and got a almost two hundred dollar card, which is like that's amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only is the collectible part of it amazing, but it's I mean they really I mean obviously they still got it going for him because you know if my my brother in law is still into he makes decks for everybody. He's like yeah I you know I made this I made you know I. We made this deck for this guy that works down at this game shop, and then he just gave me a shitload of cards. Wow. <laughs> just like, holy crap. I mean, obviously, it's, it's worth its weight in gold, literally, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, um, no, it's, uh, especially with this podcast, it's, uh, it's nice to have this experience of board gaming where it's like, you, you can see so many avenues of what you could play. You know, now that we've made friends with all these other people that are, you know, starting up their own board game companies or people that are, have established companies, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to be like, holy crap! You know, we can we have an an access of a lot of stuff, which is cool. You know, to yeah. think about. I mean, just think if you you know, little you when you were younger, it's like you know, thinking, oh my gosh, I actually can talk to somebody that made this game. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, so I don't know. So I think it'll be something where you know, when I get older, you know. Right now, I'm teaching you know Logan the game. He's um, really good at board gaming. He's really good at puzzles. I mean, he plays Minecraft and he's a wizard at it. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Because the other day, he's like, "Yeah, I just made this thing where it's like this waterfall and it goes over this building and then it goes underneath the ground and then it goes in here and then I've got a trap door that leads to this room where I've got these couple of dogs." And I'm like, "Holy shit! <laughs> You're only four years old and now he's five. But no, it's like, holy crap, that's crazy." So, you know, when you have kids and grandkids, Mike, are you going to teach them the same thing, or do you... As much as I'm allowed to, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the wife doesn't really game, so... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely, like, as soon as I possibly can, start yeah. playing games. Yeah. Well, then it seems like, you know, with even though she doesn't really game, I mean, obviously, she she's... Um, more than okay with you, you know, doing whatever you right. want with gaming because otherwise we wouldn't be here doing this, yeah. you know. And even, even as we talk about different things and you know do different interviews and you know talk about what we're doing here, you know, it's, it's, you know she seems to you know be very thumbs out uh, thumbs up about it. Like, yeah. oh, that's cool, you know, that you can do that. I'm just saying it'll be it'd be nice. Maybe we can do family game night at some point. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I think the trick is, like, you know, with her, it's like, you know, thinking of it like the traditional game person, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, you know, at one, at one point, I didn't, I knew that Tracy was, you know, into games and stuff like that, but I never thought she'd be playing Lords of Waterdeep. Right. You know, now that she is, I'm like, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. The, the world is so big <laughs> yeah. now, you know. Um, and, you know, maybe that won't happen with her, but it's kind of cool that you can do that, you know. And then mm-hmm. um, even this last game night I had with uh, my parents and, and my sister and stuff like that, I introduced Diamonds to them, which is a trick-taking game, and they know what trick-taking games are, but it's also a little more complex. 
you know, so at first they were kind of like, oh, well, I don't know. This kind of seems like it's a lot. But by the end, they were like, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of a cool concept. So, you know, I think sometimes you just have to figure out what angle you want to do to get them to, you know, do the certain way that you want them to play that game, Mm -hmm. you know, so... But yeah, no, I think it's I think it's awesome. I ask people on Twitter to tell us why they game, and I only got a couple of responses, but I thought I'd read them just because I thought they were pretty good responses. And uh, Gino Brancasio from Talking Tinkerbots podcast, he said to quote Ludo Ergo Sum, which I thought I thought was Ludo from. Uh, that's what I was thinking. From Labyrinth? Yeah. Ludo sad. Ludo sad. <laughs> but that means I game, therefore I am. Which, <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? But no, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it makes sense. You know, it's like with the Talking Ticker Butts guys, they're, you know, not only are they, game, are they gamers, but they're also trying to make games now, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. And me and Mike have kind of dabbled in that, thinking about making our own uh, wrestling card game. we will get game. back to it at some point. Yes, we will, which will be cool, because yeah. I like our concept. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it makes sense. It's, you know, the more you get into it, um, if you really have a love for it, you're going to, you know, want to make games, and you're going to want to, you know, help make games, because, you know, we're, you know, in going to be in the process of helping some other people make their games, which is cool. You know, it's just crazy to think of, you know, the fact that we can get our hands and and stuff and, you know, have possibly our name on it, which is pretty fucking amazing, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, at ReinventingDad on Twitter, Reinventing underscore Dad, says, Each game represents a different chance and matter I can interact with my family without daily stuff interfering, which... We kind of alluded to before, you know. It's, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that uh, stresses us out, gets in our way. You know, we kind of want to get away from that. And gaming is a chance to, you know, in- interact with your family and friends, and you know, and it kind of forms a bond. You know, it kind of forms a bond. It forms a bond, you know. And the cool thing about gaming too is it it teaches a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of thinking, a lot of movement. Uh, some dexterity games even, you know, get you a little more. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? Um, I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> active or something. Active, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coordinated, active, you know, that yeah, kind I mean, of thing. I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about the RPGs. It's like, and you were talking about being prepared. A lot of times when we have those longer RPGs that we play, I mean, I think we all come out pretty mentally fatigued because there's so much thinking and, like, strategizing and just trying to create in your own head different mm-hmm. things. It's like, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of acting, which is, you know, if you're not, if you're not, if you didn't do that in school or grow up doing that, that's not something you're used to. Mm -hmm. So of course that's going to be mentally taxing. Good point. So yeah, so there's a different, a lot of different uh, reasons why we game. So um, we asked it on our board game geek guild. So if you want to go there and uh, keep the conversation going, or if you want to hit us up on Twitter, let us know. All right, and I think we've exhausted that. So let's get to the review. Woo. Hey guys, Kurt here. Just thought I would take a minute to talk about the, some of the podcasts that you should be listening to that we're excited about. If you like board gaming and RPGs, well, we've got some podcasts that we think that you would really enjoy. Uh, the first one is the Boards Alive podcast. Just before I start 
telling you about all these, I actually had someone write a little synopsis for me to send to me because when I try to, to do it by myself, for some reason, I am a terrible pitch man. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do it with what they sent and then add a little, uh, tell you a little bit of something that I like about it. So the Boards Alive podcast is a podcast all about bringing the theme of tabletop gaming to life. Aaron and Quinton are two Canadian guys who love gaming in all its different forms, but they focus on board games and role-playing games. They review games, use silly voices to explain them, and generally act like idiots for the the benefit of their listeners. That's their words, not mine. Uh, They also have guests from the industry play games on the show and try to give advice on making your own gaming experience better. They're really funny. I love uh, Quinton. Always used to see does uh, does his own little thing with a. Uh, prospector voice, which I find hilarious, and uh, there's a couple of ca- uh, goofy Canadian bastards. I will use those words. Podcast is very fun and enjoyable to listen to, so you should check that one out. The next board game podcast I'd like to talk to you about is one where they started a Twitter, which is at Board Game Hour, where they would do every Monday. Um, I can't remember the exact time, but if you follow them, they'll they'll tell you when. They have an hour of questions, basically, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it's 12 questions. It's Ben Maddox and the Minister of Board Games, Nate Brett, host the Board Game Hour podcast, a show with adult humor and sketches. And they also look back at what the board game community has been talking about during their Board Game Hour Twitter chats and share their opinions on many gaming subjects. These guys are the real deal, people. They're hilarious. They're British. Um, they really, they really got something going good. I mean, they've had this board game hour uh, Twitter feed going for quite a while, and they decided to turn it into a podcast. They do some skits, and it's fairly well done. So I definitely implore you to check them out. That is the Board Game Hour podcast. The next gaming podcast that I'd like to talk to you about is Gaming Nonsense Uncensored. This is a great little podcast. They are a a podcast of tabletop gaming that sometimes features adult language, though they've been watching their mouths a little bit of late. They run their shows based on theme. Instead of focusing on a a featured game review, they instead mention a few games relating to that topic. For example, when they discussed time travel inspired by the latest Terminator movie announcement, they spoke about Temporum, Legacy, Tragedy Looper, and the like. They try to give multiple gaming options to fill the fix of theme. They also have periodic RPG chat on theme as well, and even more rare video game episodes. Lastly, the main thing is they may not be the most professional podcast, but they have an unbridled and unrivaled love of gaming and gaming together. They always want to share that joy with everybody in every discussion. Dan, George, and Kim give a great outlook on games and game reviews. Um, they don't really, they don't do like me and take an hour to describe a game. They cut through all the bullshit and kind of tell you stuff that they like about it. Um, it's a fun little podcast and I would suggest you should also check that out. It's Gaming Nonsense Uncensored. Now, if you're looking for a couple of RPG podcasts to listen to, um, I suggest one of them is Rollcasters. Uh, they are a story-driven RPG talk podcast starting every show with a dramatic retelling of their D&D campaign followed by interviews with special guests ranging from fantasy authors to game designers. Um, they actually gave us a little little uh, peek, uh, peek on next season. Next season, they're going to be moving to a roundtable format with special guests. They just had their uh, season finale on the 27th of May, so that's, it should be, produ- should be published by now, and if it's not, uh, take a look. I like this. I like the story because basically it takes out all of the unnecessary trying to look up rules and roles and stuff like that. It's a very good retelling of stuff. It uses 
Um, I know they've used it, used our friends at Battleboards. They've used their music f- and sound effects for different things. Um, basically, the storyteller Dusk tells a story. Um, his players come in and add their voices, and it's just a nice, uh, a nice retelling of their campaign. And then also the roundtables are also very, are very cool. It's nice to hear not just from people that uh, produce RPGs themselves, but also uh, fantasy authors and stuff like that. It was cool to see the insides of that whole thing. And one of the cool things I like about it is that when they started this out, the DMs decided to start out the characters from level zero or level one, I should say, level one, from the ground floor and work their way up. And I like that idea because a lot of times people, they don't really start there. They kind of start in the middle, have them a little too overpowered, and then, you know, it's not much of a cha- not as much of a challenge, but uh, it's worth checking out, so I would suggest you guys check that out. It's Rollcasters. Um, lastly is one of my favorite podcasts right now. It is God's Fall. And God's Fall is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast following a group of four players in a custom campaign world. Unlike many actual play podcasts, God's Fall is highly edited. They record each game for roughly six hours and trim it down to just over one. Then they layer in the sound effects, music, voiceovers, until the episode sounds more like an old radio drama than an actual play session, while retaining the dice rolls and other mechanics central to the game. Uh, And this is the story of Godsville. Nearly a century ago, the first god of man was born, disrupting the cosmic balance and leading to an all-out war that obliterated magic. Killed off the gods and left most of the planet covered in a mile-high world storm. The five kingdoms that remain sit in the permanent eye of that storm, forever shielded from the devastation that has scoured the planet for the last 98 years. Their characters are... Now, I'm going to get these wrong. I know I've actually listened to this podcast quite a bit, but now that I see them written, I will probably screw them up. Frayne Tinuet, a high elf bard from the capital city of Ani, who left her home to avoid an arranged marriage. Doro Nott, a halfling rogue from the trade city of Port Bliss, on the run from nefarious forces from whom he stole a powerful artifact. Zion Preyton, a human sorcerer from Kadar, a nation that blames magic and the gods for the destruction of the world and systematically hunt and destroy any remaining connections to both. And Torvik Wildtongue, a dwarven paladin who set off chasing a white direwolf who led him to the rest of the party. As the players have recently found out, each of them are connected to the dead gods of old and are beginning to develop powers associated with their portfolios. These abilities mark them out as targets, and they have been on the run for the majority of the game to this point. I can't recommend this highly enough. It's Even though some people love highly edited and well-thought-out stuff, some people don't, but I enjoy this so much. Arm is a great DM. All the players are wonderful at playing their characters. I know the female character, she, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she hasn't even played D&D, and this is her first time, and it's going pretty well. Now, if I could just get her to talk to my wife into doing RPGs. But if I'm not mistaken, it, it hit the charts as the number one RPG podcast. So if that doesn't tell you anything, then, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's greatly planned out. Um, they, I know that he actually, that Aram has actually used... Uh, some BattleBards music too. It flows super, superbly well, and it's just a really fun to listen to. So, so there you go. There's a bunch of there's you know a couple of podcasts that if you really are into listening to our podcast, we suggest we highly suggest that you check them out. All right, 
back to the show and thanks for listening all right no review so we decided we wanted to do something fun so we actually decided to play a bunch of nintendo games mike had a cool simulator where we could play a shit ton of video games and we did. We played quite a bit, actually. So we played a bunch of different games, which are which are kind of funny. Uh, we played Night Rider, which was like really lame. Yeah. Well, it was like pole position. In yeah. A way. Yeah. It was like pole position, except for it didn't seem like there was an end to it. Yeah. It was just I didn't like know shooting. What I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Just shoot red cars and avoid other cars and and don't run out of gas. That's the one. Right. <laughs> the one thing we forgot to do is. Like, not try not to punch the gas so much, or, like, if you were jumping so much. Yeah, I was jumping because I didn't know what the buttons were supposed to be, so yeah. I just kept jumping, and that ran out of gas right away. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, so, so that was silly. Um, we played a game that uh, Mr. Mr. Bill Corey, uh, you'll know him from several different uh, things, but mostly um, some segments on Dice Tower, um, he uh, suggested Mule to us. And so we thought we would review that for this month, but for some reason, it must that must be a game that if you played it back then, it was fresh in your mind as being a great game. But when we played it, it was so weird. Yeah, I didn't really understand. Yeah, it was like you had alien guys, but you're like doing horses and doing and you're just putting up little plots of land and choosing if you wanted a farm or a mine yeah. or some kind of electric company yeah, type yeah. of deal and then you made a little money off of it or something yeah and, and then there was trading at the end of the round yeah. and i just didn't know what was going yeah, it's on so weird it's like somebody tried to make a board game into a video game and it just for some reason didn't translate well to me i, I yeah. don't know why oh, i yeah. didn't get it either so yeah so it was, i don't know it's just, sorry sorry bill but <laughs> just <laughs> just was just too weird i'm sorry gremlins 2 Yep. Basically, you're playing as uh, Gizmo. Gizmo, and you're throwing tomatoes. Why tomatoes? I don't know. Yeah, it was like an overhead platform yeah. type of game. Yeah, but yeah, you're fighting spiders and. Which is, you know, I understand. Probably in the end, you're probably going to be fighting the gremlins, but it's like you're fighting bats and rats and anything else that ran with bats. Um, Thinking back to the movie, though, I think that's the way... Like, he didn't fight that stuff with tomatoes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he's escaping an office building or something. Okay. And I remember that from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. From what little I remember from that movie. Yeah. So... I think it was trying to follow the plotline of the movie a bit, but yeah. they had to throw something yeah. in that was gizmo size for him to battle, yeah. I guess. Well, I it was know. weird, too, because he's throwing tomatoes, but they also had big rolling tomatoes that were trying to kill him, yeah. too. I'm so so confused. And you got killed just as many times by that as you did trying to leap over the holes oh, in the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because some of the... Some of some of the black spots on the ground were holes, and some of them are just, like, shiny tile. So, <laughs> it's like, am I supposed to jump which, over that, or can I step one, on that? Yeah, which one is it? Yep. Yeah, that was weird. Um, uh, we also played Wacky Races, which you'd think would be the old Hanna-Barbera Wacky Races, where you race a bunch of, get, bunch of different cars, and they'd have, you know, different gadgets and stuff like that, but you were fighting as... Uh, what was Muttley. that dog Muttley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fighting against Muttley, and you're like biting stuff. Yeah, it was a side scroller. So and then, weird. Yeah, he had some things to shoot and stuff. And then it was like Mega Man. That's why I compared it with. Yeah. Then at the end of the level or whatever, we had to battle one of the cars, one of the racers yeah. in his car. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and then it was the big yeah, it was lumberjack. Like, and then he was guy. like bouncing around in yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool because it was the same thing as Mega Man. You could find that pattern. Oh yeah. And that's then true. you know, 
because I think we did end up beating him, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was really weird. I was hoping for wacky races, wacky races where you get to choose a car or that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they should have a fun. game like that if yeah. they don't somewhere. And then we played some awful games. We played the Transformer game, which was like... Super duper, die. really bad. Die. die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Swamp Thing, where it was like, oh. it was like basically you're just like you're trying to jump, but you can't really jump, and you can't punch things because they're like below your feet. Yeah, and, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't. It was get really, it. really bad. Mm-hmm. So I almost think like I would play ET. You know, P- ET is supposed to be <laughs> yeah. like the worst game ever, but I'd rather play that than yeah. There was fucking some Swamp really Thing was disgusting. Games. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. um yeah, that's what we were talking about when we were doing this. It's like, can you imagine being a kid at that time? And, like, now, you have all these websites and everything that you can look at that review games. I know, well, even NES, I suppose there was Nintendo, Nintendo Power Magazine. Power, yeah. But I don't know what all they covered. Would they have covered Swamp Thing, the video game? You know? <laughs> yeah. To where you would know what you're getting into before you actually buy it. Or like Transformers, where you die like oh three times right away, yeah. and you're just done. Yep. It's like that would be horrible to put money into that. And oh be yeah. Like, okay. Well, this sucks. I don't. Yeah. Need to- I think I remember I had a couple of Nintendo games. So I was like, "This is so bad." And back mm-hmm. in the day, they were like fifty bucks. Yeah. So fifty bucks for a stupid Nintendo game like that—that's rough. Uh huh. Um, but the one we're reviewing is called Ninja Key. <laughs> Um, by Bandai, I Bandai, believe, right? yep, yes. for the NES. Because there was one that came out today, PlayStation 4, <laughs> retro game, 1984 Ninja Kid, but it doesn't look like the game we played. So I don't know if there was two different Ninja Kids from the past or what, but this is Bandai version of Ninja Kid. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those weird ones where it's like, it begins on an overhead and then it's got a bunch of different arches and you basically go into this building and you have to fight fight different things or you have to collect different things each yeah. each level it's very interesting yeah they had different different missions to do like the one you had to chase after little clouds that we called <laughs> sperm because that's what it looked like <laughs> and catch them while also trying to avoid being hit by little rolling log thingies and or actually it looked like a coconut the little rolling yeah, thing Probably. And, uh, who knows? Like weird ghosts and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. So. And there was like one you had to like shoot like different, like 10 different Buddha guys to get past the level and stuff like that. Yeah. And the kind of cool thing I thought w- about the levels is, is that once you get to the point where you've collected either the sperm or you've shot the Buddhas or whatever, you have two exits. One exit gets you out to the next, or gets you out to the map where you can go on to the next thing. Or if you go into the wrong one, you actually have to fight a boss. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. It's kind of an interesting take on it. It's like, oh, pick the right door, you get to go to the right place. If you don't, then you have to fight this nasty bad guy. Yeah, which for the most part wasn't all that tough. It was just like you jump up a bunch of uh, steps or something with Frankenstein and some other weird stuff (laughs) trying to fight you. And then you just get up to the top and like... I know one of them that we had was a Cyclops, and it was just an eye, and all you had to do was like jump up once and shoot it in the eye before it closed its eye, and then it's yeah. beaten. So, yeah, yeah it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, really, <laughs> really kind of weird. But for the most part, I thought it was a pretty fun game. You know, mm-hmm. the, to get to the end of the level, you had to grab a scroll, basically. And if you grab the scroll, you could actually, if the path wasn't blocked by the other arches or whatever, you could get to the end and play the boss. 
and who was that first level boss? Do you remember what that it was? It was some kind of like I don't know if it was a samurai type of thing, and then there was those swirling bees or something. Oh yeah, above that's your right. Head. Yeah, some kind of swirling bees that were flying around trying to get you too while you're trying to avoid it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of jumping over what he threw and then shooting at him enough times to knock his hit points out. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was funny too because we we played it. Of course, we were playing an emulator. Um, even if even if you probably bought it nowadays, most games don't come with any instructions, so you have to kind of figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we looked. Luckily, the internet is here, so we looked it up because otherwise, we would have just been shooting stuff forever and not kind of figuring out that you get the scroll, you go to the temple, you fight the bad guy, you know. And also, they had something too where it's um, if you get this certain thing, um, you can go to the left of the screen and like duck down and like or was it go left of the screen and just sit there for a second or something like that i have no idea because i never got it to work yeah and then then you got yourself a familiar that would help you fight you know so that would have been kind of cool to you know to fight with him but i don't know it's it's interesting how some of these games get made you know and it's just like i suppose it's back at back then it was still a very hit or miss you know Mm -hmm. where nowadays Granted, there are still some hit or miss, but a lot of stuff is a little more fine-tuned because they know what everybody wants, and the internet helps, because then it's like, okay, is this what you want? You know, we'll bring it to these conventions or, you know, different things, and you got people talking to other people about what, you know, exactly what needs to be done, where back in the day it was just kind of like, it's almost, some of these games that almost looked like they were just like, they took like a bunch of stuff and just threw it against the wall you know they're like okay ninja um <laughs> scroll and some clouds he's chasing clouds man <laughs> and um you know watch out for the rolling eyeballs on the ground why eyeballs i don't know you know and yeah and then there was some weird little power-ups too like there was that weird doll thing yeah i think that was the thing that made us go fast yep. i'm not really sure because there yep. was one thing that made you run like super fast yep. which you can't control it's not an extra button that makes you run faster you're just running yeah. fast it's like uh slow down slow down so yeah. you're just kind of inching forward rather than running into things as you go along so yeah yeah and then there was another thing that made fireballs and i think mm-hmm. there was a boomerang that we never actually picked up but i saw us run past it yeah yeah and there was some other weapon too i don't remember oh throwing stars throwing stars yeah, yeah so there's Cool little power ups and stuff too in yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it's a simple game, but it's actually actually pretty fun. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have paid fifty dollars for it back in the day, right. but you know, nowadays it's you know fun to just kind of go back and play it. You know, mm-hmm. so all right, now that we've talked about it, what are we gonna rate it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you think about what what do you think about it now? Do you think about what it would be back then? Well, I think you. Th- Think about it from your experience, like your experience playing it, yeah. which would be now. Yeah. I guess what I was going to say, because even going back and playing some classic Nintendo games, mm-hmm. like Mario Brothers or something like that, yeah. you're still going to rate that pretty high. Yeah. It's been around forever, but it's still a really it's fun still game. It's still awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's why I look at it. I would give it like probably a four. Okay. Because it's middle of the road. I mean, it's yeah. not like a great game by any means, but it's not horrible either. I, no. I had fun with it. I can't imagine probably going back and playing it again. Yeah. But it was fun. We had fun with it. Yeah. Like, 
It was fun to laugh at some of the stuff, too. <laughs> so, by no means a horrible game. I no. thought, for sure, it was better than some of the other stuff that we tried. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you. I was going to rate it a little bit higher, but... Well, go with a five, then. No, <laughs> I don't think so, because... It's funny because not not you talked about it. It's like okay, would I you know would I go back to it? Oh, maybe you know if we were playing Nintendo games again, we'd be like, hey, let's yeah, fuck it, I'll pick a five. I'm not yeah, afraid. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of those that's like I don't think it's quite middle of the road because I think I think we had a little more fun with it than well, it still is. We could have. We can't do a middle of the road. Four and five are both middle of the road when you're on a scale of eight. So we put we put it at middle of the road that way. Yeah. Four point five. That's so true. That's, what it, that's true. That's what it ends up being. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, but whatever. You know. Again, I you know I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's silly. The the mm-hmm. character of the ninja kid is actually bigger than what most most of the games were, you know, if we played that restaurant one, that guy was pretty big, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mega Man and Mario, those guys are pretty small compared to these guys, so it was kind of interesting to be like, especially when you got the running, and it's like, oh my god, he's so big, he's running so fucking fast, (laughs) you know, but whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, four and five, middle of the road, you know, it's not, it's not the best game in the world, but I wouldn't put it as something horrible. No, definitely not. Yeah. 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 So if you, you have a chance, you've got an emulator or if you happen to come upon it on a thrift sale or one of your throwback video game stores, you know, try it out. It's worth a shot, you know, unless it's like 10 bucks, then do not. (laughs) (laughs) If it's like five or less, then go for it. Watch. It's probably worth like a hundred bucks on the internet. Oh my God. It's a rare thing. Okay. Fuck that. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Look it up on eBay. Look it up. Eight bucks. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So don't pay more than eight. Yep. (laughs) Don't pay more than eight. Otherwise you are a silly, silly bitch. (laughs) So yeah, that's the review. All right. That's the end. Episode 34. Why do we game? Well, we told you quite a bit. Actually, so we got some things coming up next month. We'll be talking to the guys from Talking Tickerbots. We'll talk to them. We'll talk to those Englishmen about uh, their podcast, and uh, I want to try to get uh, talking about their game that they're going to have on Kickstarter called Ghostal, which actually looks pretty cool. They got ghosts that kind of look like Pac-Man ghosts. Hmm. It looks like that would be fun, and I just want to talk about what makes them tick and why they decided to, you know do their podcasts and stuff like that so that'll be fun uh, in the future here we'll be talking to a couple other game companies about some kickstarters ahead so stay tuned and yeah and next month i don't know what we'll be talking about we'll have to kind of we'll kind of have to talk about it hopefully we'll get into a regular schedule because we kind of veered off the path of having these discussions about different uh existential co- uh topics and stuff like that but we'll get back into some other different topics that uh, we want to talk about. So until then, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.